Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. I love those broads. Broads. I did that podcast and I went home and I felt sick to my stomach and I sent them a, I just spiraled. Really? And I sent them both apologies. Really? I, and and <laughs> I, you can air, you can air really? this. Are you rolling on this? Uh, yeah. So, uh, first of all, my daughter had set them up. Chatty Bras have been talking about you and I love them. And, and so then I started listening. And so I got a little, you know, fangirl. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so really honored that they, you were kind of digging me and, and wanted me on the show. And so I came in and I was all pumped, excited. And then I realized that like my ego took over and I was like, I just wanted them to like me so much that I didn't answer questions with what I thought I knew or I just tried to cram everything I knew into. <laughs> I'm just like as hard as I could and I'm doing everything. And I just like, I'm cutting Becca off. We're just making a point and I'm over talking. I could hear the pace at which I was talking <laughs> and people were buying it. I seem yeah, like from the comments, yeah. it was cool, but I have to just come clean. And I, I said both Becca and I said, uh, Jess, the same message. I'm like, I'm sorry. And no please have way. Me back. No, Cause you know, Listen. what's worse. Is when no super, one talks. Oh, a reserved bro. guest. Yeah, it was well, like you ask a question and, and then, then you, go, oh, yeah. you get, yeah. And you're like, okay, anyways. No, honestly, too like much talking. You have to fill, yeah, exactly. Too much talking from a guest is the best problem to have because it means they're engaged. And like worst case scenario, if someone's going, you can just be like, oh, okay, cool. I have this question for you. But like, like you're saying, the worst is when someone is just hitting you with the yeses and the I nos. listened. To, I enjoyed the episode. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, worth. guys. And, and, and both the broads like reassured me. But I felt like I was mansplaining a little bit, and no my ego was out and trotting around, and so no, no I feel better having said it. But it's listen, good, it's good. You, I, I, I'm told that it's good if you think like this. It's a little bit of awareness yeah. of like, yeah. ooh, you know. I want to improve on my conversation. Oh, skills. you're saying that you think like that he's that he's like, being. I think check like yourself. that, and yes. when I express those feelings, people, I what I get in return is that like. It's, you know, if you're thinking about it, it's better than, than if you're just completely... Oh, if you're not well, aware. Being oblivious, oblivious to how yeah. you are perceived is... is. But it's a weird... It's but a it's very ignorance weird, bliss. You know, because there's something too, like the people bliss. that are like, aren't hey, the nervous narcissi- about it. The like, narcissists I know are just seem happy as thousand percent. Everyone yeah. around them are sick and, and miserable and their relationships are miserable. <laughs> well, it's funny. I talked to my, my... I'm new to therapy. And so I have this, this guy that's like changing my life. Good. And... Uh, you know, I tell them all the time, I'm like, you've changed me in such an amazing way, but there is a negative aspect, which is like, now I'm more aware of what I'm going through. And For I'm like, real. dude, it's like, it's almost like it's, it's stripping me down to build me up again. And that stripping process is like 
Oh, I'm naked again. And this is, I'm realizing how much I need to work on and how much is going on inside yeah. where I was the kind of ignorant before to like the depths of problems. I, have. I, I call that the process of, um, you, it's like when you walk past a mirror and, and see what you look like yeah. and you don't like it. Yeah. It's like, I, I'll just say me cause I can very much relate to it, but I, in the process of learning what I think I've learned and I'm still learning as, as of this week, but, uh, it's like you start living in the illusion and delusion that you've got some shit figured out and then you're walking around and you got your swagger and you pass a mirror and you see it. You oh, see your yeah. inauthenticity and like, oh shit, or someone checks you or you yeah. get therapy and, and you have to look at not what's great about you, but the stuff that is why you're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, self it's brought on. You have to kind of like, okay, I'm, I'll look at it. Fuck. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to love that. Then yeah, you got to turn around and love that. Well, you get and used to it. Well, you get used to the process. Like for me, it's but, like it takes me back to sports as a kid. It's like you get used to a coach, which is a really healthy place to go, right? But there is a <laughs> level of like I, I do. I do like what I like about growing up in sports. There's obviously a lot of negatives, but what I like about it is getting used to someone telling you, "Hey, you suck at this thing, hey. and we're going to work together, and we're going to get you good it's at it." It's the weirdest. It's Being coachable. So, it's so weird reflecting back on that though, because like sports is simultaneously some of the most traumatic memories. It's of so my toxic, life, yeah, yeah. And some yeah. of the absolute best, and like so many life lessons for like how I approach situations or how I think about situations totally. comes from like traumatic experiences in sports. Of yeah. you know. That's why 100%. I started coaching my kids. Really, it's not it's not sports. It's high school sports. Well, high school, school sports it's, it's, is where all the trauma comes well, because in. It's because it's, I don't know. It starts well, earlier. Actually, than yeah, that, I was about to say I was going to take that back because all these t-ball memories of serious t-ball dads losing came back to my life. I coached t-ball, baseball, basketball a lot, even soccer, maybe half a season of flag football. Usually, except for basketball, That's so always. Tight. I want to do that in so assistant bad. role. But here's why I did it. I wanted to be there when the trauma happened so I could see uh, it, so I could process it with my kids later. Mm, so I could mm. say to my son, that thing that went down, that's toxic. Yeah. Okay, let, let's, how did you feel about it? What did that make you think about yourself? What did you think when he said that to that kid? How does it feel to be benched? Let's talk about these things, yeah. right? And so we developed this um, stupid code that, like, on the baseball field, if some shit went down... That could like he had an error or the coach yeah. yelled or whatever. We'd look at each other and just do this, like this was because I was usually coaching first base or third base, and I'd go like that, which is it doesn't fucking matter. Like just let it go. It's all bullshit. Let's laugh. And it was not long before I lost it as a coach. Yeah, and I saw my son at shortstop look up at me and go, "Hey, dad." Ah, uh, he like, sent it uh, back to you. Uh, yeah. So that's the. Uh the student nice. teaching the teacher yeah, when the apprentice becomes the master. I can't. So did you want your kid to play baseball? I wanted my kids. Well, my son was a, a competitive gymnast at like six years old. Really? Because he was a maniac. And my wife was an acrobat. And I had some background in gymnastics. What? Yeah, I, I come from a circus freak family. Um, this is wife, what I want to hear about. Well, and his daughter is a like champion ballerina. Yeah, she was a what? professional ballerina for. So he's just got this seven. freak talent family. Dude, I make, this is what I want. I make champions with my junk. Dude, for real, <laughs> I got champion respect. <laughs> we were talking, like, Becca and I had conversations early on on, like, what are you going to make the kids do? 
What are the right. things you're not going to well, bend on? And mine is like real quick. Can, I, can, I, can we intro him? Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, guys. Hey, crack crack your. Am I doing it again? Am I doing it again? No, it was awesome. I just am realizing now we're in the middle of a conversation. Hey, cheers, cheers, broads. If you if you don't know who that voice is, then sadly, you know depressed for you because that means you do not know the glory and the wisdom <laughs> of Mr. Mark Wahlberg and he has been here before we are so happy to have him here he has so much wisdom and we absolutely fell in love with him on Temptation Island I remember watching it with Jess we were watching the show we hadn't seen it yet and we had heard about it we were like oh my god dude this show is wild like it's yeah. definitely pushing humanity to the limit and all this stuff and all these people are dramatic and melting down and then this guy appears on the screen and he's just like blowing wisdom everywhere and we're like what is going on here like this mm. is this like this guy's saying the, the most dead-on shit i've ever heard of my life in any one of these Thank shows you. like who is this also guy? with the group of like <laughs> the people that they get to come on this show are incredibly special and unique well, they're melting down right oh, that's like totally. the most raw situation but, ever and he's on here just like truth 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 bomb truth bomb and we're like well first of also, all so these they the, everyone on the show is a piece of work well, they're just going on through. Any, but on any show, so I was going to say, yeah. to, to elevate in the genre, it's a low bar. Right. You know, right? It's a low bar of when you when you try to think about reality TV and something authentic, like emotionally sure. authentic, usually are, you know, counterintuitive to the process of making a TV show. I kind of dig that my executive producer and I really kind of have the same I mean, vibe so we're just trying to bring the real in an unreal world right so you're right it's special it's crazy it's almost like a parody it, it could be in a way it's like because normal reality tv as we all know is not reality tv whatsoever well i mean this is almost I think, I'm sure more so different. because no. you bring it back you yeah bring it back to like it's a there's a there's uh what do you call it when you're okay there's an accountability yeah. right I look. I say it this way to them, and I think I said this to the broads, and you guys can tune out for thirty seconds. I'll be back on a different tip. <laughs> but uh, I, I say to them, "Why are you coming on the island?" And they give me their stock answer. Usually, we have problems mm -hmm. with our relationship. We yeah. And I say, "Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think also like a blue check mark and some collabs and sure. all that stuff is why anyone does these things." And I'm cool with it because it it doesn't matter because. When this gets going, it's going to be unreal, but it's going to get very real. And I'm going to let you go, guys know right now that I'm buying what I'm selling. So, like, if you think I'm going to, like, front and host around you and play a game with you, that's not – I'm not here for that. So, let's get straight that I'm here for you to leave the island in a better place than you came, whatever that is, even if it's painful. And, and I have no choice but to be real with this. Even but, though I yeah. get it's a TV show, but I'm not doing that part. Well, that's, I'm but that's this the thing. Part. That's the thing that kind of blew me away, and that's the thing that makes makes Temptation Island honestly from a regular show to a different show. Is I, I do feel like it's your role. Yeah, thanks. Because what normally would happen is they'd have someone on there that has scripted lines that kind of sounds like the classic. You know, just we've we've seen it a million times. The kind of the host that kind of says the lines that are written, you could tell because they're all quippy and kind of rhymey, and they kind of yeah. have this thing. And then the whole package is, hey, we have this kind of over the top scenario. Yeah. But you coming in with like actual real advice, relationship advice. You're looking people in the eyes. You care about them. You're not looking at the camera going la da 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 da. You know, like all these mm. other guys do. And there's an honesty there. So then you start actually 
getting into the dynamics of these people and being interested in like, yeah, how would I handle that? You know, as, as opposed, it's not sensationalized like a lot of other shows. Right on. Thank you. So, I mean, I got to say, huge fan of your work and bringing something that could be not really great. You know, if I knew how to, if I knew how to fake it, it'd probably be easier, but it's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I had a talk show back in 95 and I remember meeting Geraldo Rivera and I was sweating it. I had every episode was so deep to me. I yeah. mean, each person mattered. And he said, don't let the bastards get you down. And I think Sally Jesse at one point said to me, just read the cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're multimillionaires. I got canceled in one season. I'm still thinking about some of the families I talked to. Yeah, you know I mean? man. Wow. So, well, so Broads, anyway, this is, this is our guest for the night. Yeah. And I have to say, we had a, we had an agenda. We have a lot of great stuff um, to talk now about. Now that we're getting into it, I'm like, does our agenda even matter? Because I'm also super interested in... The acrobat wife, <laughs> gymnastic. First, first person yeah. killed in the original Friday the 13th movie. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So she's that girl, which I think is sick. That is wow. sick. She's Annie in Friday the 13th, the original. So she's thumbing her way to Camp Crystal Lake. And then she jumps out of the Jeep and gets her throat slit in the first 10 I minutes. Love, wow. I love the like the random roles in like these early yeah. 80s horror films. Yeah. Especially, you know, that genre of film is like, they're all cult classics. Yeah. And there's like a crazy following of people who like watch all these 80s slasher films like nonstop mm. and like well, revere everyone's any role anyone had in those things. Yeah. And that's true. But I tell you what, let's make a deal that if I don't suck today, I'll come back and we can talk about all that, too. Oh, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> get into that's it. fair. Yeah. I mean, you might regret the stuff. You might regret committing to the stuff we have planned. Yeah, I've, but. I'm really working in this part of my life to just not let regret be part of any of it. <laughs> I love Just it. roll with it. Well, I had, um, I mean, I, I definitely know that what's special about talking to someone like you is a little bit of the behind the scenes and a little bit of some of the questions um, regarding what you do. And, um, you know, with Temptation Island specifically, what I find to be so interesting is that it really hits on just one of the most primitive, like, any relationship has, mm -hmm. which is right, like, Wait, who are you texting? Or any, you know, any sort of just insecurity, what's going yeah. on with the, in, the insecurity of two people together, the trust, the whole thing. So my like first question is when you're going through this process as someone who's clearly taking it seriously and is honest about your engagement with it. In general, why do you feel like people go on the show? And do you feel like I know you asked that question. I know. And I know people ask. It's a legit question. It, but like, do you feel like most people are truly trying to test out their relationship or are people trying to get out of a relationship and this is a way to do it is obviously there's the social media presence there's all that but i'm just say, i'm or, curious on like when you're looking people dead in the eyes and you're being honest what are you how many times are you sensing that you know we had the same topic with the game of roses yeah where it's like bachelor contestants all go up and say the thing that it's about a personal journey and right. it's all this they're like Fuck no, it's not. It's about followers. It's about business. And yeah. it's about That's money. That's their take on it. That's their That's take. That's their take on it. So For we're real. curious on yours. Well, I call that out. I Look, I worked... This is me going around my ass to get to my elbow, but I'm going to do it anyway. When I worked in TV, uh, originally, I was a PA for Dick Clark, mm -hmm. who oh, wow. you guys can Google who are listening and don't know who he is, but he was an icon. Um, and one of the things... Um, he said to me was, if you have an Achilles heel, you call it out first and then it becomes a strength. So I could choose to pretend that everybody's there for the journey, 
which is a word that I swear to God, if I hear it again, right? Like, you know what I mean? But the truth is, I don't think, I think there are times where people like, not maliciously, but manipulatively say, let's job the system. I'm going to go on this show and we'll get famous and blah, blah, blah. But I think really, which is probably more accurate is that most of them underestimate what it is Mm -hmm. and think, yeah, let's go do this reality show. I've seen all of them. I know what's up and yeah, the trolls are going to hit me up, but we'll do this and we'll get, you know, we'll give them some story, but we'll get back together and I'll be good. And like I said to you at the beginning of this, I say to them, I'm like, look, I'll ask you, but I don't, it really doesn't matter to me why, why you're here. Uh, We could question the decision that had you come here where you thought this was a good idea because I'm real clear about that. That's not, never is this a good idea, mm-hmm. but you're here <laughs> right, now, right? right? right. So <laughs> what they don't expect coming from me is my redirection, our redirection, because my producer helps too. But the stuff that comes out of my mouth is, is I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take the hit. Right. Is you think it's about a relationship and you think it's about the petty stuff. He cheated or it's not petty that someone cheated, but what he did to me or I did, I need from him or she needs from me, you know, all this stuff. And I just kind of <laughs> redirect and say, well, guess what? You can't, you don't have any control over that now in this scenario because they're on that side of the island. And you're here. But truthfully, you don't have any control over that anywhere, even mm. in a marriage. You don't yeah. have control over her. Right. So all you can do is work on you and look at and, and let's pretend for a moment that the relationship you're in right now, you create it out of an intention mm. or a maybe a less than healthy definition of what a love relationship is or some boxes you're checking on a list that you made up in your sorority. That's what you want to have at this point in your life. All these reasons you think are legit. And I'm going to tell you that you're now on a journey journey mm. of discovery where those things aren't going to matter so much when you start to look at you. And that's what I drive at the, at the bonfires you see, you know, they give me a great meme quote and then, you know, I look like I'm really smart, but what you're really seeing, and this goes back to what you were saying, Evan, is that there's this resistance from them now less, they kind of come in going, you know, come on, Mark, give me, give me, which I am honored by, but there's this dance and we'll talk for an hour. And I'll kind of keep going with them. Like, let's have a, it's not me coaching them. It's a conversation where I'm asking and they're asking and we're figuring it out. And then when I sent stuff and I say, it looks like when you said family that choked you up, I'm not fishing, I'm listening. And then we start talking about the real stuff. And then you realize, wait a minute, it's not about her. It's about my dad. What? Mm. It's about how I feel about me. Right. So, and I say that, you know, I said this with uh, with um, with the broads. I say, you know, we always look at cheating. First of all, the phrase cheating is that there was a victim that you did this to me. Right. You cheated on me because those were the rules. And I say that, yeah, it's a terrible thing to do to someone you love, but you're not really doing it to someone you love. You're doing it to you out of something you haven't addressed and it's not, it's, it often can be like no relation to the experience you're having with the partner. It, it's the experience you're having with the definition of love and your relationship to how you feel and you're seeking it somewhere else. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're not getting it at home. 
Mm. That's to say that it's finite and it's just not. Mm. We're really complex. And our monkey mind, Mm -hmm. that ego and and desperation and need and all the stuff we said we wanted to be, but we aren't and all that stuff is really conniving to tell us and justify behavior and mistakes and stuff because you need it or you think you need it or somebody else's fault or you pawn it off. And I'm just like, we just got to look at you. Like, Mm. what are the patterns that really suck? And why do you think, why do you think those are real? And let's start with that. And then you'll see clearer what you thought the problem was in your relationship, hopefully. All right, broads, interrupting the bros. I have so much respect for moms and all mother figures and dads, of course, but it's almost Mother's Day. So we got to focus on the moms for the next month. Um, I've always had a close relationship with my mom. And then when I became one myself, I feel like we got even closer. I saw her in a whole different light. But no matter how close I got with her, I would still find myself learning something new each time we talked. She's a mystery, that woman. (laughs) A new story, new life advice, new memories I hadn't even heard of before. So this Mother's Day, I wanted to find a special way to document all the wonderful things about my mom that I've been learning in the last few years with the help of StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories for years to come. This is seriously the most perfect, thoughtful gift for Mother's Day. I love it. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved ones a thought-provoking question of your choice, like what's some of the best advice your mother ever gave to you? Or if you were to live life over again, what would you do differently? And don't worry, they have a huge pool of options to help guide you too. There are lots and lots of different questions. Mm -hmm. And after one year of questions and prompts, StoryWorth compiles everything, including any photos you want to include into a beautiful keepsake book that can be passed on for generations. Like I said, just when I thought I knew everything about my mom, she surprises me. And creating this book with her um, is going to help me grow even closer to her. I know it. And I love the fact, too, that I can pass the book on to Ember someday. Like, I want Evan to get me one. Yeah, for real. Please. Okay, so give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift. You're gonna, both going to cherish it for years. It's StoryWorth. And right now, for a limited time, you'll save 10 bucks on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash chatty. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash chatty to save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash chatty. So a little while back, I decided to grow out the pixie cut that I've had for a while now. It was just time to switch it up. The only problem is with my hair. I've talked about it many times before. I have hair issues and my hair was not growing. It was thinning and I couldn't find a product that would help it. And broads, I started using Vegamore to speed up the process and I have been blown away. It's truly the only thing that has helped my hair grow. I was preaching it last week to my mother-in-law because she had the same issues as me. And I was like, she was like, oh my God, how did your hair all of a sudden grow? I'm like, let me tell you about Vegamore. Uh-huh. Okay, your hair has really grown a lot since you started using Vegamore in the past few months. It, it I feel like it happened really quickly. Yes. Mm. Okay, so if you struggle with length, fullness, or just overall hair health, you've got to try Vegamore. It's the holistic approach to hair health that leverages smart botanicals and is clinically proven to promote thicker, longer, and stronger hair. All it takes is three easy steps. You've got the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo in your hair um, in the shower, followed by the Grow Revitalizing Conditioner, and, and then After your wash routine, you apply the grow serum to your scalp and you give it a little massage and you're done. I also love their dry shampoo so much. It's so good. It's so easy to stick to using Vegamore too, because in reality, it's just one extra step each time you wash your hair. Nothing crazy or time consuming, but the results are just wild. Each day I wake up and I swear my hair has just been growing. And with other products too, 
I always struggled because there were so many steps and it would leave my hair oily and just it was just kind of a nightmare. Vegamore is the complete opposite. So easy. Amazing. Our hair is looking thicker and fuller than ever. Thanks to Vegamore. Try Vegamore risk free for 90 days. Trust us. You're going to love them. Go to Vegamore.com slash chatty and use code chatty to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash chatty code chatty to save 20% at Vegamore.com slash chatty. Mm. Yeah, like it's 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 interesting to me because, <clears throat> and I'm not a master of the show. I haven't seen like every bit of it. You but don't like, have to see all of them to master the show. But I've seen like <laughs> I feel like enough. And then from the last season, I just started watching this new one, where there's this weird, and I'm not going to generalize, but there's this weird thing where there's like someone who wants who brings the a partner on the show, and I I generally get the sense that the person who brings the person on the show is the person who's saying the things like. I want to see if they are really into this relationship all while being the person that seemingly kind of wants out. And so it's this weird thing where they're like, I'm going to test my partner. But at the same time, they're the ones that like seem to be really questioning the whole things. And then they kind of seem to be the ones that turtle up a little bit Mm -hmm. and don't. At, hang out with all the people right and then the person who wasn't even interested in the first place or is like meeting Getting all these people like, and is being like right well this is pretty great and they're making out with people and then the person who wanted to be on the show is freaking out and i'm like going uh oh, it's interesting like mm-hmm. people think they know what they want that's right and then they get what they want and they're like oh oh my god abort be- because they didn't really have a definition of what they really wanted they had a definition of what they thought their plan was to want and you also hit on something earlier that it didn't didn't address which i thought was pretty astute i think for some people the intimacy of being honest with someone and breaking up right is far too big but doing it in front of 15 million people that's intimate they can handle that help me help myself and so you're right i think there's there is a syndrome of like on moment of truth which is this other show i did that has caught fire recently when it got canceled in 2008 but it was all about the lie detector thing and i'm like why would anybody come on tv and and say these unbelievable things right in front of their spouse or whatever well having the bullshit of saying the show made me or you know it's a game so i said it for money or whatever it's not true the truth is you're too scared to stay in your living room Mm-hmm. And now you will just need to pin it on something. But what's important is you. This is back to that monkey mind thing. Your mind will find a way and justify a behavior to get it out of your system, right? And if you don't, stress, anxiety, feelings will show up in a physical manifestation. It's happened to me. You get a, like a pain, and you don't know what it's from. Well, it's because you just didn't say it, <laughs> yeah, right. And then so I think there's a a, a subconscious conniving that we are sometimes victims of when we haven't addressed what we're afraid to say. We're afraid to say it. not, And we say we're afraid to say it because it'll hurt them, but truthfully, we're scared to say it for what it, people will think of us. Mm. It's super interesting. Yeah. I also think about like people going on the show who are like, you know, trying to play the system a little bit, and they're like, hey, babe, let's go on the show. Like, let's make some, let's make some, get some followers. Right. It'll be good, a good story. And then like a weekend, they're like watching their girlfriend or boyfriend yeah. make out with someone and then they're freaking out and then yeah. their whole plan's melting down in That's front right. of them and then they're crying at the bonfire and they're like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Like, do you see that quite a bit? 
I think you, in you, every season, they're not confessing to you that they're on there, but you can sense that they're I, playing a game, and then and then it blew back on them. So we're in the middle of our fourth season now. Yeah, and of all you know, and there's eight principals in each show. You know, four couples, and I have seen some lean into it and become like juicy and popular and all that, and I've seen some really have a hard time with the trolls and the editing that they feel represents them. Mm inaccurately although um i think the audiences see through the editing and they feel you more than hear what you're actually saying right but it's very difficult when people start commenting about you on tv and the perception of you on tv you have no control over so i acknowledge that for several people this has not been a fun ride for them once it airs and that goes back to underestimating the process and what it's going to be and i i get it because while I'm grateful for the love I get, I'll get a thousand comments and one guy will say, what's up with his fucking teeth? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, oh, you're totally. totally. I've been really self-conscious about this my whole life because I got new teeth and I know they're too white and they're too big and I get it. We talk about that all the time. The loudest, I mean, we also talk about how um, a lot of this, for like every single loud person, there's, you know, a hundred or a thousand people who are just being quiet, who are actually supportive and right. all these things. You only like, hear the ones. And if I oh go through gosh. the whole, same filter that I talk about, it's like the trolling is not about me. It's about how they feel about them. Yeah. But I'm still a dude who still figures stuff out. And, and if, and I get, you know, I, I've been doing this for 30 some odd years, but a lot of that time there was no social media. So I could just pretend everybody dug me, oh, right? Yeah, so that's huge. an adjustment. So that's a way in for me to understand when others don't have an experience when it airs, uh, people that are on the show, that it's painful for them. Mm. And I I reach out. I've reached out recently to people on the show, and I don't really want to say who or what, but just say, how you doing? And they're like, not good. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Oh, because they're getting barbecued online or yeah, whatever. It's yeah. just, and, and then it becomes, <laughs> tough. I don't like the way I'm being portrayed. And mm. and I could dig it because I don't like the way some of the stuff comes out of my mouth the, without a qualifier. Yeah. But that's that's the beast, and that's not making an excuse for it. But I just, all I can say to in those situations is, is one of those for me? What? Do you have another? Let's go. Let's drink some ham. This guy beer. comes in here and he's like, "No, I'm not gonna have a beer." And then he says, "He says he doesn't want the <laughs> hard. He said he didn't want the hard kombucha. kombucha. Hey, do you want a hard kombucha? My guy, my guy I says no to the kombucha. You offer me some shit beer, I'm down. Hell yeah! <laughs> Honestly, cheers. I didn't know we had the beers. Cheers. 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 There we go. Oh yeah, we have some Bud Lights cooling, cooling as well. Yeah, all I thought I had was a hard kombucha, and I, I know it's. I'm like drinking some. Well, I'm just glad to have the leftover because I heard you talking about it. Yeah, and I'm like, we had some leftovers. They don't even know. I now know look at beer. okay. So, Brats, bring you up to speed. We were talking about hams. Hams is Mark's high school beer. Well, one it was one high, of them. One of the high school beers. Yeah. So this segues. This is nice because this segues into the next segment of co- questions we had, <laughs> which is about toxic masculinity on the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. And which is how I thought up. I was being when I was with the broads a little bit. <laughs> Get out of well, here, man. I mean, I, don't, I mean, so this is also, Evan and I just started talking about this on the last episode because these are, I think, things, it came up in my therapy journey. Okay, let's go. Mm, tell me about your this. journey, King. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, but if it's therapy journey, you get to use it. Well, I yeah, slightly went into journey it, is just exactly. <laughs> but I slightly went into this on the last on the last one. So forgive me for those who are you know dedicated listeners, up to speed on all things, bros. 
But talk to um, me about toxic masculinity. Well, my therapist was like, "Has any trauma happened in your life?" And I was like, "Nah." I was like, you know, I think that it was basically. I was like, I think labeling it as trauma is like a weakness because mm. it's basically just life. And I was like, anything I could identify as being like, well, this was traumatic. I was like, I instantly start thinking about all these other people where way more fucked up shit happens, and they are mm. like you know, these are like mentors or role models that are like close to me in my life or employees of mine that are going through stuff in their personal life where it's like, it's humbling for anything I think is like unique or like extra special for me to be like, well, this is a very difficult situation. So I deserve a little bit of a, you know, maybe I'll let someone, you know, it'll be the reason I just don't answer this person's email. It's like, oh, I was just dealing with something, you know, whatever. So I was explaining to my therapist, I was like, I don't really think any of this stuff is like, trauma i was like i'll just talk about it as like this happened in my life and like i could focus on it or whatever and she starts listening to me and she's like do you have you ever have you heard this term and i was like yeah i've heard the fucking term and i was like but i wouldn't say i know i really don't understand exactly what it is and she was just like it's like masculine traits that are actually extremely toxic for men to like be living with and so she was like you said all of, so much. She's like, all of this is trauma. And I was like, hmm. So I'm like working on that of like accepting so, it in that way. So we're like, we're just really curious because we're like the guys well, on the, sorry to run, sorry to steal, no, but it's just, I'm just, we're like, the guys that come on the show are like, you know, there's everyone falls in some place of like, yeah. oh, like here's our toxometer. Right. I was I like, like I that. don't really know the toxometer. You're like, I just pop that yeah. one out. I like that. I don't I know like where it. I fall on it, but everyone's a little. The guys who come on the show seem to be relatively extreme. In the red, yeah, yeah. In my in my mind, well, because every opinion. one of their partners says, "Yeah, he just won't open up, and I can't get him to like express himself." Okay, and so they're and clearly like, playing. So, yeah, they're all just like, <laughs> "Let's I'm go walk back. in there." She's I'm always like, asking questions. Yeah, stop asking questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's go back to the stuff you said. Yeah. First of all. That conversation of, is there any trauma in your life? And you're looking back and going, no, nah, I had some it's experiences, life. but it's just life. Well, that's... Everyone's life is traumatic. Okay. So that's a compare and despair for me. Mm-hmm. That whatever, let's not call it trauma, but whatever memory might pop up in this conversation, you've already said isn't as worthy as those that I've heard that are real trauma. So my shit really doesn't count. It's just life and just taking on the chin. So I don't know where that falls in the toxic masculinity thing, but I kind of want to give you permission to say that kind of the things that kind of got me to learn stuff when I was first coming up is they say, what's your earliest memory of something that scared you or whatever? And then they quickly say to me, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what age it is. Just whatever, just say whatever comes up. Right. And there are people who were, physically and emotionally abused as a child. I wasn't. That doesn't mean I didn't process as a child things to be traumatic. Mm. And that I think is where we start to decide who we're going to be. And we develop these survival techniques that can come out and, and start pinging the toxometer. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and it doesn't have to be what you say now as an adult should be traumatic or not compared to trauma you now know exists in the world. It has to be what your three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, ten-year-old self was trying to process and didn't have the information to and therefore made a choice for the rest of your life of who you're now going to be. 
Mm. Like I need to be liked by everybody because something happened in my childhood that I said, maybe if I do this, that will never happen again. Like up to not long ago, I had a superstition. I would never talk about my dogs or people I love when I'm not with them. Simply because my one of my earliest memories that popped up that I didn't think was anything was spending a drive in a car with some strangers that I was already not feeling good and talking a lot to make the tension go away about my dog, my dog, my dog. And when I got in the driveway, my parents came out and said, your dog was hit by a car and died. So to me, mm. compared to other trauma, if I want to compare, I'm going to despair. It's not child abuse. And, you know, I don't want to discount how deep that trauma is. But for me, it was traumatic. And for an eight-year-old processing that, I then spent many years laying in bed, imagining the worst case scenarios, my parents dying, my parents divorcing, animals dying, all those things. That's how I soothed myself to sleep. So as to prepare myself never to feel that. What I'm saying is, those early memories are important because it's not how you process them now. It's the choice you made then with very little information trying to figure shit out. Like, where do babies come from? Like, you don't have enough information to make that work. You don't even know that biology. So you create this completely illogical scenario that you can deal with. Well, that's what you're doing at eight years old with anything that made you feel unsafe. And then you develop a survival skill to protect you from that feeling of insecurity. Mm. So take that times a million and then add the cultural layer of um, – genderism that we are the product of systemically in my opinion the the way that we have couched who women are right and what we then as men how are supposed to be comes out as a toxic trait this you know dick measuring and mm. not being able to embrace the things that hurt us to not be intimate and in the extreme uh, cases that sexual assault is a is a violent crime not a sexual crime and it's our hatred of women that comes out or our fear of women all that stuff are not being cuddled by our moms all this stuff that is personal and individual but also very systemic and cultural there's no way you can you can avoid it to be what a dude's supposed to be and depending on what age you are because i'm older you got called shit when you were not the dude you're supposed to be in the deep south where I grew up. You couldn't be a sensitive, loving artist. Now, thank God, yeah. your kids are going to grow up in a place where we accept people to be all those things. And by the way, they're not musically exclusive. Just to be sensitive doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, slap you at the basketball game. Right. Not at the Oscars, of course. But so it's hard for us as men to even get the concept of what would be toxic to others and to ourselves because we've never really been checked on it until the past three or four years. Mm. You know what I mean? With the whole Me Too movement is the first time we're checked on, wait, they didn't think that was cool. Like, even though they're flirting back, it was their survival that they had to flirt back. Yeah. Like, we weren't, it wasn't cool. Like, I wasn't cool. I was being a dick. And I'm a, one of the kindest versions of it. But, not immune. So I, mm. I don't know if I answered any of that. I just got really intrigued with what you're saying. And I wanted to acknowledge you to say that while I understand that my shit is not as deep as other people's shit, but I kind of wanted to say to you, you get to allow that to be real. 
Because if it's a memory, it's a memory and it shaped you. And that's where shit comes from. Mm. Let's drink more hams. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, it's interesting because back to the therapy we're all, you know, we're like, it's funny because we've been going through this journey that we weren't in therapy when we started this together. Right. We started therapy since we've done this and we've had Mm -hmm. different journeys and different situations journey. And, uh, it's funny because similar thing, I was in the exact same way. Like Jess was always really helping me break down. Like that's actually trauma, Evan. And I'm like, no, it's called just being a kid. What are you talking about? Or being yeah. a guy or being a dad or be, you know, being yeah. a son of a dad or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And so she would help me because I would always look at it like that's just weakness. Like uh, if, yeah. if you, if you identify that's the systemic it, thing I'm talking right, about, you're absolutely right. And it's like, if you, if that's, if someone says that's trauma, like you're just weak. Well, it's just you like, know? This and thing so of it's like, like, dude, life is going to be hard. Like, like deal with it. People actually is, have real problems. Is this bro. really going to slow you down? Like yeah. for real. Well, but now you're talking about two and different, you you're start, conflating things there. <laughs> life is hard. And is this going to slow you down is how we have a relationship to that trauma. Yeah. Right. And what you're speaking about, Evan, is what we are. What expectations societally like, or personally we have set on as men, how what's we allowed to that. be hard to deal right. with or what's allowed or what you should just handle is something right. I've been going through. And it's interesting because going through this process in my therapy has allowed me, number one, to identify like that trauma we're talking about in my personal life and realize it's OK to identify that as trauma or as something that's impacted in me and, and into my personal life. And to deal with it and to confront it and go face to face with it. And it's also allowed me to be more empathetic towards others. And mm. I think that's been the big one is like, I would be, if I'm not crying about it, you shouldn't be crying about it. Now that I've gone through this, I'm going, wow, I'm realizing now that we all are in our own place. And that even if I haven't gone through that, I need to be sensitive enough to realize that that is not how life works. It's not just my experience is the threshold for what's hard or not hard. And like, it's, it's like trivia. I'm, I'm this, so this is a stupid way of saying it, but it's like a trivia contest. Winning a trivia contest doesn't mean you're the smartest person. It just means you happen to know that those, answers. Yeah, those exactly. answers. Exactly. So it's a weird analogy. But what I'm saying is just because I don't think what you went through is painful. It's not painful to me because that wasn't my shit. I didn't. Yeah. You but didn't there are it. triggers I have that you can't even know that are horribly painful to me that you're going to walk right into and say, because of the way I processed as a kid and what it meant to me. And there's no way to know definitively when you're with someone else where their shit is, what hurts them, what has hurt them. And that's where empathy, still in our role, and giving a space for there's a whole bunch of shit that everybody's carrying. And even if I can't relate to it, that doesn't mean it's not real and it's not significant and so that's kind of the vibe i have on the show is all of us have i don't i don't really like the word trauma for the same reason you know it it, trauma makes it a bad and a good all of us have experiences in our life that have shaped us and then what we see are behaviors that get repeated that we don't like that we complain about and it seems to stop us for instance, some people can kill it in money, but they can't kill it in love. Some people can kill it in love, they can kill it in money, right? There's blind spots. And the trick is to go and through therapy or whatever work you do, Tony Robbins or whatever the fuck it is, read a book, well, I don't care, to complete on those things that have you repeat behavior so that you can have a different way of relating to it when something similar to it shows up. What I mean is 
every time this happens, anytime something new happens to you, you immediately relate it to the, the closest memory of something similar to that. And then because you're relating to something in the past, the outcome is going to be exactly what happened in that past because mm-hmm. you can relate the same. And where enlightenment or evolving or emotional intelligence or growth, whatever you want to call it, happens is when we can put a pin in this isn't that. This is a new thing. It looks like it and it's bringing up some feelings. But those feelings are related to a thing in the past. And I can choose a different relation right now, mostly by acknowledging that it exists. And then an outcome can happen that's something we didn't expect, like intimacy with your wife, mm. like um, not being triggered at this. There's a possibility that didn't exist before because everything was already written. You're just going to repeat the same trauma over and over again. Yeah. And that's that looking in the mirror. That's that therapy. That's looking at the shit that we would like to pretend we don't have, but others do. Or the thing that we say is broken. We don't share. Yeah. And going, we're not broken. We're just fucking human. And that's a mess. And there's no way to get to the end of this cleanly. So just, Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how you feel having gone through now some of these conversations, but it's funny. It's kind of back to the, the stripped down thing where it's like, I love it, but it also hurts. Yeah. Which is like before a lot of these realizations, I was like, I felt like I was a lot more bulletproof. Yeah. Fucked up inside, but definitely could handle more. Now that I'm like starting to clean out the dirt, I feel a lot more um, stable in, in my uh, like... As in, like, I know myself a little bit more. I feel like there's more self-love, like, acceptance, all these things. But at the same time, like, my feelings get hurt easier now. And, like, I'm more sensitive. And, like, shit that would have never bothered me is, like, riling me up. And I'm like, oh, my God. But the truth is, it always hurt you. Right. But I found a way to deflect. You were just told, this is is where the masculinity gets toxic. Yeah. That we've been taught or self-imposed. That doesn't hurt, rub some dirt on it, fuck off, and if you hurt me, I get to hurt you back. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Oof. Right? You want to fuck back. with me? You don't have any idea. And then what it now is, we're is talking. as dudes, <laughs> we haven't shared it, so our shit is bottled up. So I'm raging at you for shit that happened to me in the locker room in sixth grade. Right. And I'm raging. Snapping And I'm not just We've, raging. I've never experienced that, but I've heard stories about yeah. men who do that. Yeah. And I can't, I would, I feel for them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and what, here's the height of my toxic masculinity, if we're going to just come clean. Because I, what I am dealing with right now is a fraud complex. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's loving on me and all oh, the therapists, blah, blah. I'm not a therapist. I didn't graduate college. I don't have any of that. So I, I'm really grappling with, and it was with the chatty bras where it really opened up, like phony holy. Like, but what I uh, got to get my feet back down is that I've just, I'm my age and I've lived my life and I've done my, you know, whatever work I've done. So I'm not pr- pretending to know any more than you. I'm just sharing what it is for me. Mm. And I realize that I, the toxic part of my masculine masculinity is believing that I'm the world and the world itself is small, which is also narcissism. Mm. And therefore I'm controlling shit. And this is where bully mentality comes from is that so when shit happens to me that I don't have control over, I don't have power over, what do I do? I rule over my wife in an unreal, 
unrelated way or my kids or or any friend that's weak enough for me to lord over and this is where i it shifted for me when i'm angry and i'm controlling and i'm mansplaining and i'm like you don't fucking get it and i'm deflecting and i'm not letting it bother me or mm. i'm saying you, you know you fuck me i fuck you that kind of thing uh-huh. i have to realize it's all about me all about my pain it's not the other person at all and i have to go back and say all right so what am i actually feeling mm. am i feeling scared do did that hurt my feelings and not just hurt my feelings that's not that's not specific enough like Brene brown just did this whole thing i just watched last night because my wife made me because i'm toxic masculinely toxic and i told her i didn't want to watch it but she was saying you know you got you got to be specific about your emotions there's a difference between sadness and anguish you know it's we had to really be specific so that i can make sure that okay what i'm feeling is actually about this it it may have been triggered by this thing and now my reaction to it is yelling at her and she wasn't even there she's not that woman that hurt me she's not the mom who didn't hold me She's not the dude who made fun of me in the locker room or whatever. So let me, I'm going to ask this question because you sounded, you were talking about um, coaching your son through sports to be there for these things. And it yeah. sounds like you were very intentional with like emotional understanding with him. Now we're all aware because we just, we also acknowledge it's only in the last three years really that we've even had to be so self-aware of these questions. Did you also teach your son because this is what i talked to beck about where i'm like no frank needs to know how to defend himself frank needs to know how to physically assert himself with confidence to be able to do this stuff because that's also the world he's going to be living in did you have that same approach with like were you like like um i try to explain this of like yes the first step the first approach should be like the emotional empathy with like a bully or I understand where the bully's coming from, but at the same time, like a lot of guys really do only understand. Like there's a, when a push comes okay. to shove, when a push comes to shove, should you know how to whoop ass or so, defend yourself mm, or not? This is a and really good question. Because your son is now in the Navy. My and son's so a badass. You so know? there's things that, yeah, there's things that trigger me because it's like we also, we raise, when we're looking at societal norms, we also love an anti-hero. We love all these things. We also love like people like heroes like Robin Hood, where it's like, okay, this is a very, here's a person doing like a lot of self-sacrifice, but also like Robin Hood can kick some ass. You know what <laughs> right, I'm talking right, about? Right, like, right. These right. guys are like, they're, they're like, they're, we like the guys who kick the shit out of bullies. Right. Which right is, that's right. a good, also, that dude you should bring home. That's a man's it's also man. really in line with what we're talking about, yeah. about the cultural and systemic indoctrination of who but, we're supposed to be but so this is where i'm All curious right, is, is, is the perfect is the perfect man a hybrid well first of, of all like, the no very, like, an emotionally aware man who's also like you know what like like the ultimate referee guy where it's like when you see the things being wrong it's like you're gonna blow the whistle when the whistle needs to be blown i feel like you're conflating and, you're conflating uh emotional intelligence with like what's sexy <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you're thinking well, like, oh, and all the it, girls are like, oh my God, are you saying it's, are you I saying think no, realistically? But I'm going to give it some weight. <laughs> I'm not like, like beating up the bully. Like, I you get what legit. I'm saying. Where I it's think like, it's legit. Because there's right. moments as guys where we're like, fuck, I'd love nothing more than to be like, you imagine scenarios where you're in this like righteous position Let me tell you as something. a man constantly. I, I could, I could <laughs> share a story about that. It's a, the, this is what it's like to be a man sometimes. I'm in first class in this plane, feeling myself because I'm 
that this week on first class. TV. Let's go. At that point, this they was, let you get on the plane first, so everyone can walk by you and, and say you're sitting in first class. Like, Please it's don't so, spill on yeah, me. It's yeah. such a it's, yeah, that's right. it's, awesome yeah. moment. And then this <laughs> other guy's on his cell phone talking to some manager, and obviously, perfect. What better and, time? And so I'm in the back seat going, "This fucking guy. He's ruining my guy. experience." So here's, this is the cultural thing you're talking about. Let's go. So what we do <laughs> as men often is, I immediately thought. If the shit went down, how would I take him down? <laughs> how many times have you had the same thought? And sizing him up, going, sizing. Oh, he's about 5'8". He's a little, you know, maybe 5'7". And he's wiry. So maybe he's quick, but I, I think I can get him. I could take this motherfucker. Right? So, yes. and I'm now I've got five hours on a flight where I'm just fantasizing about how that fight's going to go down in the baggage claim. Like, it, I, when yeah, exactly. goes, when it goes down, you've uh, you've imagined getting off the plane. I take the knee up first. <laughs> you know, I've got the whole thing. Now all he did was that talk on the cell too phone. Right? Funny. Now we get to baggage claim and he's on the phone again. I'm like, this motherfucker. Right? Just as toxic as I could be. Yeah. By the way, I've never beaten up anyone. I am not that dude. I'm not a, but a there's a hairline. but I'm not that dude. No. So then I hear him talking and he mentions a show that he was on as a guest that I had just been on. So I get my, my ego takes over my wanting to kick his ass, which is also ego. And I say to him, Hey man, I was on that show last week. What do you do? He says, Oh yeah, I, I host this cable show. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm, I do that too. I do some TV too. It's not cable <laughs> at the time. It was not like that. <laughs> um, now I'm on cable. Um, and he said, yeah, me and my brother go to these villages around the world and, um, um, we're trained in several different disciplines of martial arts and we challenged their greatest warrior to <laughs> he fight. He would have fucked you up so bad. Killed me. He would have killed me. <laughs> I tell this story just because it's funny. But to answer your question. I love that. There's a generational progression from when I was a kid to when you were a kid to when your kids are kids. When I was a kid in the deep south, it was somebody disrespects you. You punch them first. You fight. Mm -hmm. don't let anybody talk shit about you you fight which i never got and i now created like all these empathic survival skills behind avoiding getting in that fight because i was also a smart ass so i was it would provoke. Uh, yeah. and i was also cute so their girlfriends would flirt with me they'd want to kick my ass and i didn't want to fight so i would deflect so i'm dancing as fast as i can with my son i simply said but so so generationally, that's what we were taught. Then in my generation as a father, I wanted to de-emphasize anything physical altercation wise. And I told him, you don't ever know what you're getting into. It's never like the movies. It's not John Wayne punches you and you spit on the ground and go, OK, now let's be friends. Sometimes people die. I said, however, and it happened when he was transitioning from a Jewish day school, which was the safest place ever, to <laughs> a public middle school. And the first day was scary to him. Now, my son was not a small kid. He was athlete and all that. But I said, Morg, here's the deal. Bullies pick on the ones they think they can beat up. So just have a little swagger, right? Again, maybe not the greatest coach coaching, but I said, if you're not the one, all you got to be is not the one, then you're not going to ever have a problem. And that served him. Then later in life, as he... I joke and say his balls dropped and then he became an asshole. I had to tell him, I'm like, look, um, there's never a time where that's going to be your best answer to be physical with anybody. 
That said, you will regret not taking up for yourself if you're in a bad situation. Yeah. So at some point you have to, and, and then when we went to college, we had a different conversation because we're Jewish. He was going to this very deep South military college where I knew he was going to face his first taste mm. of real anti-Semitism. I said, you got to draw the line for yourself. How much are you going to take on the chin? How much are you going to laugh along with them? And I said, you can take a cue from all of my, um, and I have a lot of very close black friends. I said, you can take a cue because many of them have shared with me how they've got friends, I say with quotation marks, who are like, this is my black friend. So it's always these, the jokes they think they can tell and we smile and we laugh and we're okay with it. But there's a certain point where the lines cross and that's where you have to stand up. I'm not saying physically. The problem is, and, and the good news is, it's a generational thing. So the kids growing up today, I think are less about that. There's more space at least to discuss a conflict resolution that doesn't come to blows. And there's a place to be a guy who's not a fighter. You get to be that guy. Now there's room for you in the classroom without people just beating the shit out of you all the time. Right. And it's really difficult to coach. It's really difficult to find the line as men who have our predisposed way of being to not perpetuate it further. And yet there is some sort of primal part of us that uses hands more than words. Okay, broads, interrupting the bros one more time. Wouldn't it be nice if uh, all your favorite healthy food items were located in one easy to shop place? Just about every time I go grocery shopping, I have to make a minimum of two stops because one store carries some things that the other store doesn't or maybe even three stores because the second store is out of stock, blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. Long story short, grocery shopping can quickly turn into an hours long event, which is not ideal. But ever since I started doing my grocery shopping at Thrive Market, I never have to make multiple trips any anywhere and my shopping is done in minutes. Thrive Market's the online marketplace that wants to make shopping for your favorite healthy items very, very simple. And with Thrive, you can shop for your entire house. You've got healthy pantry items to non-toxic cleaning products to clean beauty items and so much more. And each item on Thrive Market is carefully vetted so you can trust that it's good. And if you find a lower price somewhere else, Thrive Market will match it. Mm -hmm. I can find everything I I need on Thrive Market and it takes literally seconds because on the site you can filter by over 90 different diet and lifestyle values. So say for example, your partner eats gluten-free and you want to make sure that the snacks you are getting are gluten-free and have zero waste. You can literally set your filters and find all the products that match that exact criteria. Can your grocery store do that? Well, now it can when you go to thrivemarket.com slash chatty. Join today. You're going to get 40% off your first order. So, I mean, if you do a big haul, you're going to be saving a lot of money, you guys. 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Their free gifts are good. I've gotten them before and I'm very impressed every single time. I'm <laughs> like, time. dang, okay, this like $50 supplement for free. I'll take it. I love it. So go to thrivemarket.com slash chatty to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash chatty. So it's usually about this point in the uh, the year when I start to get tired, okay? The momentum from the new year is gone. It feels like it's been forever since the new year and certain goals that I've had, you know, I don't have the motivation to stick to anymore. And one of those was I wanted to eat uh, healthier homemade dinners most nights of the week. 
And if you're like, wow, Jess, ambitious. Listen, I never said that I had to be the one to home make the meals, okay? I have a different option. That's right. You can still eat healthy, homemade, delicious, never frozen meals that can be ready in two minutes right to your door. No grocery shopping. No prep time. By God, no dishes. Factor makes dinner time an absolute breeze. You just get to sit back and enjoy. And nutrition really does take the forefront of each Factor meal. They um, they even offer vegan veggie meals, keto options, and extra little things like energy bites, extra veggie sides, juices, and more to help keep you full all day long. Factor offers you 29 different meal options each week, so you'll never feel like you're eating the same thing over and over again. Uh, just to give you an idea of what kinds of meals you can choose from, uh, in my last box, I got shredded chicken taco bowls chili roasted chicken with veggie sides and Tuscan shrimp. All of them were amazing. Okay, I can't wait to choose my next delivery. They have so many great meal options on there. Head to go.factor75.com slash chatty120 and use code chatty120 to get $120 off. That's chatty120 at go.factor75.com slash chatty120 for $120 off. Yeah, absolutely. But I also, what I, what I really, really resonated with me was the sort of catch-22 of like the male psyche where it's like the higher road is to avoid conflict, but it will haunt you. It's a weird thing where it's like, you can think back on so, any guy can think back on so countless situations in their lives where it's like, could have said this, should have done this, yeah. da, 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 where there's like a confrontation where you of felt like shamed. someone was an asshole to you or you watch someone be an asshole to somebody else. And you thought about doing something. You thought about either intervening or standing up for yourself or whatever. And those moments, those moments haunt you mm. they like come back where you're like i understand it's like this it's like a it's like when you try to bring logic into a love situation mm -hmm. where you're like yeah logically i understand but my heart tells me something but different. my heart tells me something different where you're well, like yeah logically i understand the whole like what everyone's talking about but emotionally i if i could go back to first grade i would be knock the out fuck Bobby. out of that kid <laughs> And you're like, any until the day I die, there are situations where I'll be like, you I understand everything you're saying. Emotional growth. Let's go. Let's Buddha this shit. Let's get, you know, let's get off of this track. If I get the chance. If I see if Bobby I get the again 30 years later. Back, to go back with what I know now. That's good go hunting when they see I'm, the guy on the, on the plane. Yo, you're just like, I'm going for yeah. his knees and baggage claim. Where you're like, yeah. but then I no can questions argue, asked. Then, then just for the sake of <laughs> argument, devil's advocate. That, to be honest with you, if you had beaten him up, that might just be haunting you as well. Oh, totally. I mean, you never know. Right. But what we're really talking about is self-inflicted shame. Yeah, mm -hmm. 100%. And this goes back to what I'm thinking is the only thing I can really put my head around without having you know learned anything about this is that there's a systemic expectation. There's a cultural expectation that we have to, we feel like we need to live up to that is softening as the years go on. But what happens at third grade, Robert Lawrence stepped on my new converses that I couldn't afford. And, <laughs> and I, young, I love Bobby, that. Bobby Lawrence coming <laughs> through. Not even Rude Bobby. Robert. Robbie, full dude. Robert. Robert, at Robert eight, Lawrence. Ro full Robert. And yeah, eight. full Robert. And um, kicked Serious dirt on my kid. shoes and I didn't. He came at me and I didn't really fight back. And we both went to, and I have shame about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm older. I still have shame about that. The shame is what we got to look at because mm. the shame is not mine. The shame is 
not living to some sort of expectation that then I said means I'm less of a man because I didn't fight. Right mm-hmm. now there have been times and I play a lot of basketball now and I was just having dinner with my wife and a couple guys I play ball with that I've become really good friends with who are younger than me. And, um, and they joked and said, he's very confrontational. Mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, you don't let anybody do anything to you. And I realized that it's this, this child in me that expresses every bit of shame I felt at the hand of a bully that I've never been in an altercation really on the basketball court, eh, maybe a little bit, but as soon as I get triggered, okay, and if we were women talking about this, we could talk about this, but we feel like we can't. Yeah, right, right, but right. as soon as I get triggered emotionally, I want to cry for fear and anger, and what has come out for me is that I immediately step up. I don't care how big they are. I step up and check it mm. immediately, as toxic as it gets. So I've had to really look at that and say, hold on, what if I just let the bully say stuff and it didn't matter because I take the sting out of it and I walk away and don't relate it to my eight-year-old shame when Robert Lawrence kicked dirt on my shoe that I'm avenging every fucking day. And that's how we have to exercise the muscle to not be toxic. Yeah. Is in the moment go, okay, I recognize your shame. I recognize, Mark, I'm talking to my little kid. I recognize what that triggers, that you feel like you're unsafe and that people think you're a pussy or whatever that is. And so now you're going to let them know. But get out of the gym for a second. You're, a, you know, you're on TV. You've got a family. This is not real. Yeah. This is just childhood shit. Mm. And it still just plagues me every day. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, so I have been in like in my early 20s late teens that era like i definitely have probably been in a decent amount of like legitimate fist fights Got like it. or like group of five or six people and like it breaks out at a bar and people literally are like beating yeah, each I other like bloody in the street kind of situation up before sure and it's funny because it's like it always starts with some sort of yeah you tipped over my beer or whatever whatever and, and the next thing you know, I'm defending, I'm helping my friend who's getting his head kicked in or I'm beating someone up to stop them from whatever. And it's funny how like in that moment, the second the offense happens and the second you're in the middle of it slash over you, everyone looks at each other like, uh, what was that? That was ins- Why did we do any of this? Yeah. This was horrible. Now someone's bloody. Now we got to run. Now someone's got to get out of here before the cops get called. And the same goes back to, I remember being in third grade. I had a friend who was uh, really, really weak and sick as a kid. And so he would get bullied a lot. And I remember like my one of my first big fights, I was in third grade and the kid bullied my friend and he he swung at me and I ducked and I literally I hit him directly in his face and I got suspended for like a week. And I remember like that I did it for my friend and I felt happy that I that I protected him. But at the same time, there was the sense of like it almost changed how I looked at it forever, where it's like. I think when you don't do it, when it doesn't happen to you a couple in a very intense way, there's a fantasy there of like, oh man, it'd be so nice to get one off on this guy or make up for something. And then you do it like one real time. And then it's like, it all boils down to like how insane and ridiculous the whole concept is that like physical, like I'm a man from like a small offense. Like you tipped my beer over at a bar or whatever, where it's like now to the point, if I'm at a bar and I, that guy knocks my beer on me. And, and he does, he goes, what? 
I, it's so funny because it's like because I've been there, I just go, oh, it's all good. Like I'll just get another beer. Or if I knock someone's beer over, but he, and he goes, Did you fucking do that to me? I'm like, dude, let me get you a beer. I'm so sorry. I, I, it's, but it, that's it's, so typical that he knocks a beer on you and then looks at you like what? What? But and, and now immediately I can feel myself for you go fuck you right but it's let's go yeah but it's like having been and someone like who's gone 60 th- right you know, I was like what am I gonna do yeah but I just like, haven't gone through what happens after that just so you know whatever yeah <laughs> it's just funny how like anytime I've even gotten in a fight with a friend like even a, a, a physical uh, not a physical but a, just a conversation oh. like where there says something offensive to me and I go what the fuck do you think you are and then we're off and then two hours later I'm just like ew that was gross and that was a it's, weird thing he was, we both said shit we didn't like and now it's it's funny how it's all bullshit realistically it's all ego but if you if you it. get rid of your ego now then you, you just it. laugh it off and you're like well, whatever if you want to just go there I'm finding out at this point in my life or as you kids like to call it this season of my life yeah <laughs> that's good. Uh, that almost all of the shit is i was saying this to my wife today who is the one that we work this shit out with ego is like meth ego loves to be high or low mm. it's an upper or a downer it fucking loves that and like meth well, my understanding of meth is that it blows out your serotonin levels that you can't even register normal Joy, right? Because right? you crave it. So your ego, think of your ego as a junkie who will trick you any way he can to get fed. And it can get fed with deep, dark depression and resentment and, and that side of it or the highs of of I am just the all-powerful shit. But anything in the middle, which I call peace and contentment, mm-hmm. It just doesn't register. The payoff isn't there. It's not the high. Yeah. So Ramdas, okay, that my wife turned me on to. Oh, yeah. Ramdas said that, you know, he was part of Hunter S. Thompson and all that LSD culture. He was like, so, you know, I, I loved what LSD did for me. And I just kept chasing that high. And I didn't know how to perpetuate the high until I met my guru. And then found it through meditation, everything that I could stay high all the time. Mm. What I'm getting at is I don't know about the high, but the ego wants drama, wants praise, wants misery, and everything in the middle is just doesn't matter. And what we want to do is take that that line and make it much more even. And it means walking away from shit that our ego is begging us to jump into. It means not being right. All the time, because our ego wants us to have people say, you're right. Like, it was my ego running my chatty broads. Now, I've learned enough that even in that state, I was still being pretty authentic. I could hear it, but what I was saying was loving and kind, and I was coming from the place people got that, I think. But I know my truth, and my ego was running some of that show. Let me show you girls, you girls, right? How smart I am. Mm. Look at all the shit I know. And I got literally like nauseous. You know, I talked to you about looking in the mirror and seeing yourself. Yeah. And I got home and I told Robbie's like, what's up? Like, we're so real with each other. That's why I'm married 35 years. And I said, I just shit the bed. She says, I bet you didn't. I said, it, you, they may never know and people are going to love it and I'm sure it's going to be great. But I know who I was being. I know my ego was running more than I let my ego run. So 
what you said is really, really powerful. And for men listening here and women who have to deal with men listening here, it's a constant battle to tell your ego to shut the fuck up and get to the real, which is a loving, kind, peaceful, even guy. The guy who says, it's okay, man, I'll get a napkin. Right? But as mm -hmm. soon as they go, what? Our ego's like, oh, okay. We're doing that? Let's do that. And let's get as many people to see this as possible. Right? And that's what I'm grappling with is the letting go of needing to feed that guy. Mm. Yeah, but it's also, I think everything you're saying is also like reassuring in some way of like hearing that you're still, that you still deal with it. It's like, I remember a high school, there was a moment when I was back from college and I was talking to one of my friend's dads and I could talk to my other friends, like to my friend's dads about things I couldn't talk to my dad about, you know? Mm. And we were just like, we were talking and he, we were talking about like confronting problems in, in certain situations. And he was like, look, he's like, Every day, he's like, the first instinct I have when I look in the mirror is that I'm going to see myself at 16. And he's like, it's not till I like see myself where I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And he's like, I have these moments constantly of like, how the fuck did I get to where I'm at? It's like that talking heads moment of like, who is this wife? Who are these kids? How did I get here? I just saw that show on Broadway. How did I get mm -hmm. here? Like, whose kids are these? Yeah. Who's whatever, you know? It's like you wake up and you're like, I'm not supposed to. This like, is what is this? Hell? And he's yeah. like, my emotional read on every situation is like, boom, 16 for the first like half second. And then he has to like breathe and be like, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> you're not. lucky if you make it a 60. He's like, yeah, like exactly. But so that's yeah. it was just, pubescent 12. But mm. it was all I needed to hear was that he's like, you know, extremely successful. Like all these things, like always seems like this pillar and is Knows like, exactly you know, what to do. always, yeah, exactly. No and problems. Be like, no, no, no. Like he's, and he's like, processing exactly, <laughs> yeah, the, the same he's thing. processing life exactly the same way I yeah. am. He's just taking a beat and being like, okay, yeah. Okay. And that right. was, those were things where I was like, okay, cool. Like that's a, yeah. that's a nice moment for real. But, and, 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 hearing but you say that that's the changing. That's like when they say that, you know, abuse gets repeated until somebody stops the chain yeah. stops the circle. That's it stopping. So, like for me, I've I've said it's like the movie A Beautiful Mind. Remember the movie A Beautiful Mind? Of course. Okay, one of the greats. He then intellectualizes his I want, I want his uh, drama, like his problem. Yeah. When he realizes those people who aren't real don't age. Yeah. yeah they never yeah, go yeah, away, yeah, yeah. but he puts a pin in that's not real. Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at it for me is that that 12-year-old, that 14-year-old, that 16-year-old, that whatever, um, rages all the time, is scared all the time, has shame all the time. Yeah. Always there. But I recognize he hasn't aged. And I get to say, I'm not going to get rid of you, dude, but I'm going to parent you. Yeah. I'm going to parent that what Eckhart Tolle calls your pain body. Yeah. It's that child. We react out of the child who was scared and didn't have the information. Yeah. And we react, we don't act. Mm. And as an adult, and you said it and I forgot about this and I want to say it. What did I say to my kids? And why did I coach that way? Well, it's really easy for us to be great for them because they're worthy of our love. What's difficult for us as men trying not to be toxic is recognizing that we're worthy of our love. Yeah. Because we're not taught that at all. So everything our ego is telling us is you're, our ego says this. 
you are more shit, but you're the shit. Mm. And we're like, that's right. We're the shit. And anybody tells me that I'm not the shit, I'm going to let them know I'm the shit because I know that I'm, I'm not work shit. See, ladies, I identify with this that is what we walk around with. This is, we what's, walk this around is what's really going on in our head is we're pieces of shit, but we're also the shit. It's okay? fake until you make it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the, we and say we're the also, shit so that nobody will discover that we, we also, think we're the not that we're worthless. It's also being with the, like walking with the like, don't fuck me attitude. Well, like don't fuck with me attitude. Yeah. while also being like, just begging just, just for the me. situation, but also yeah. well, oh. that for with women, but we walk around to guys outwardly to other guys, but the like the don't fuck with me attitude yeah. while also being like, just fuck with me. Yeah. For give, one second, cross the line and see what, and fantasizing that when really inside we're like, please don't fucking like come in, come anywhere close to me. Like, I don't want to ever, I don't well, want to have to deal with the fantasy of like, that comes potential out for reality me. of this. Right. Of being a coward or like being faced with the like looking at myself in the mirror, imagining like all the fucking ass kicking yeah. that I could do. You know, I'm just a regular, uh, what's his face? Who's the 80s, um, Ass kicker with the mullet and his hair blown out. Fucking uh, uh, Patrick Swayze, dude. Oh, Patrick I'm, Swayze oh, and Roadhouse. I was thinking I'm, of. I was uh, thinking. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Is P. Swayze. Nash Bridges. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the Nash Bridges? The nineties. No, not no, red, hair, red hair. Red hair. Fuck Come on, Brady. He's red uh, hair. Oh, you're, ta- guy. you're He's talking mean. other Bruce Lee. Car- he no. fights Bruce Lee. Yeah, he fights Bruce Lee. I think he does. He, he has red everyone. hair, he's, and he's like the ultimate. He, like, now he's like a workout guy. If you think we're you're, assholes, we're assholes for not knowing his name right he, now. Now he does. Now we just like workout oh, videos. Why can't I think of his now name? He he's videos. the man's man. Chuck Norris. Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yes, yes. That's the problem. Societally, we have to be Chuck Norris. Yeah. Yeah, and what we really want to be is just tender and loving. Well, yeah, but that's where. Okay, wait, wait. So society's a toxic one, right? No, no, yeah. Soci- yeah, well, no, but yeah, because I'm like t- Chuck Norris is also like a Buddha who could kick nope, anyone's. That's ass. a good example, though. Like he's he always teaches like peace and not and he's not conversation with Bruce Lee. He's but, the balance. So but this, you know, he can teach it because he can back it up exactly. Because well, no, it's it's like the guy who. <laughs> but no, 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 no. But check this out. But this is a good example. This is a great example. This is where everything goes back to Chuck Norris. This is where we romanticize it. That's right. But this is the romanticized bravado of like, this is, we want to be. But think about the guy, right? Think about the MMA fighter, world champion. Mm -hmm. How many bar fights is that going to guy? Almost none. Because even if a guy doesn't know who he is, he's going to defuse he the situation. Knows who he is, yeah. Because he knows I could take this guy out, so I'm Chuck not going Liddell to. Might have gotten in a handful of that's fights, true. Though. But in general, right? The concept is like the Chuck Norris is the Bruce. They wouldn't do the fight because they know. Oh, like I don't. I know I can defuse this. I know what I'm capable of, right? Because they it's, don't have the shame of having not done it when they were eight years old, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm just looking for the one fight so that the Robert Lawrence will know I'm not a pussy. But they're realizing that, like, they know they've gotten to the destination of right. being a weapon and being. By like, the way, Robert, if you're listening and still kick alive, dirt on his shoes. No, it's all good, dude. Yeah, it's all good, bro. I, He's I, chill. I, look, I have new shoes. No, no, new shoes. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were talking. About, I thought you were catching the broads up on who on who Robert was. No, yeah. I was just saying if he's listening because I'm sure he's enlightened at this point. Is listening yeah, to yeah, broads. Yeah. Well, and we're also that famous. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That most likely. He's <laughs> most listening. likely, Robert's listening. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So my my. Um, the therapist I talked to. I don't even call him a therapist. He's not really even a therapist. No, he's just like this enlightened not, dude. You've talked about him. He's just an coach. He's an old he's, guy. He's eighty years old with lots of wisdom. And, but he's, he's not a licensed oh, he therapist. Like, no, no, it's it's so funny because <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> my friends who go to him, a couple of my buddies who go to him, they're like, I've been, I've seen twenty therapists. This guy's 
blown my mind. He's been, he lived in Tibet. <laughs> he lived all over the world. He lived like he did ayahuasca in Peru for years. Like he's just but this he's, dude who's seen so much. He's literally just some guy. He's just some guy. <laughs> they, they, pay, but, they pay him to talk to. Uh, okay, it's so here's what I'm going to tell you. Honestly, I would take him over at this point, any therapist I've do ever talked think, to. Do you think that has something to do with that? Why you like him so much is that he's not a licensed therapist. Maybe because you're I, not I, really in therapy that you can say that it is, but it's not like you're no, actually in I a clinical actually, therapy. I prefer not to call it therapy. I just call it therapy. So no people know what I'm talking about. Totally. Let me say this I actually about prefer that. It. Let me just say this about that. I've been to therapists. I've been to psychiatrists, psychologists, family therapists, and will continue. I have some stuff I'm on my agenda right now. And I have mentors and coaches from all walks of life. And I've read and learned from my wife, because she does a lot of reading, from people that have no letters after their names. So I'm constantly telling people in my situation where they're saying, oh, you know, you're saying all this great. You're like a therapist. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, no, I'm not. I don't know it clinically. I know it from what I've learned and gleaned. But tribally, the way we grow if you get there, is by elders passing down where they have failed. Mm -hmm. And that's what I keep telling the people on the island. Look, I don't know any more than you. I've just failed more than you've tried. Yeah. And I've been here longer. I've been in the shit longer. But my stuff isn't worth any more than your stuff. It's just from a different perspective. And if that perspective helps me, helps you, cool. So, for instance, my philosophy is a an amalgam of some therapists, some clinical people, some people with doctorates, but a lot of just dudes and women, a lot of women, and conversation and self-discovery. So, you know, I have mad respect for the world of therapy, for those who have gone to school and learned it. I need them in my life. I will pay you your dollar. I'm, you know, whether you're on my plan or not, I'm going to go to you. But that doesn't discount what you're learning from an old guy who's been on the planet and figured some shit out. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. I aspire to be, that old guy at some point. <laughs> right, right. So, and it's obviously like, you know, that's a whole conversation about answer. like, you know, all these different things. But like for me, um, what I, it's funny, just to get to, kind of wrap up this toxic masculinity thing, which is like the first day, I, the first day I talked to him on the phone. Because my buddy said, call this guy. I'm telling you, he changed my life. And my buddy's like, this buddy I talked to you earlier, like high functioning engineer yeah made yeah, a yeah. bunch of money and then he super said, successful that's not what life's about yeah super successful kind of like won all the things you want in life when it comes to like he worked in you know silicon valley and just made it he just killed it right and then he like was working with this guy the whole time and by the time he was done with like working with him he still is he like quit everything moved to costa rica and is just like vibing and he's calling me going like this guy changed my life you got to talk to this guy and so we talked and the first time i got on the phone with him he just goes, we were talking about, and he was like sensing me. He goes, Evan, I could tell you're really independent, man. And I could tell that you have a lot of like, you know, things in life that you like doing and you have your way of doing them. And he goes, I just want to let you know, man, you can put all your alpha shit on me. I'll let you do it. Wow. And it was just like, I was hit by this. Like I was expecting a coach. I was expecting a guy who's going to give me tough love. All this stuff. He did, alpha the, you. And he did the opposite. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to show you how fake you're like posturing really is by letting you just walk all over me. And, and then he I'll, said then, it was in a loving sit, way. And he said it in a loving way. He let me sit in my like alphaness and realize just how fake it was. Yeah. And in that, 
session three, I'm bawling and I'm like realizing that like just how how full of shit I am and how like it's so you know what I mean. Like, That's what I talk about putting a pin in stuff. So somebody shows you something or you walk past the mirror or they hold up the mirror for you. Yeah. And then you're like your mind blows and then you can't go back from that. So now every time it shows up now you can start to delude yourself again. Right. But every time it shows up, you're, you can. What I say is put a pin in it. And you're like recognize the behavior as, oh, that's that. I've already I've already crunched that dirt clog. Mm. I can choose now to catch it now or I can let it run. Yeah. And, you know, I've I do it both ways. Sometimes I'm like, hold on. Is that who I want to be? That's this coming up. We've talked about it. And I'm good. Or fuck it. Let's go. Right. right, right. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to limit is the number of times I say, fuck it. Let's go. Gets less than the times I go. Let's chill. Yeah. That peace is more rewarding for me than ego and drama. Yeah. All right. I've You're got something. We have a, I have a transition. So I something super random. Is it going to hurt my feelings? No, no, no. It's not okay. going to hurt your feelings. It's more of like a challenge. It's a <laughs> challenge amongst the three of us. <laughs> just to make to us feel super anything. old. It has nothing to do with anything we've talked right, about. Cool. But um, <laughs> I have so to be. mine was, mine was um, how well the three of us understand Gen Z slang. Huh. Bring it. And I'm so, constantly actually, he's going to know way more than us. He probably would. He's That's got kids I that like, are like... I know, but his one kid, his son is like way 30. past Gen Z. Yeah. What about your daughter? He's How much daughter's youngest? 26. Okay, so your she, might, she might educate yeah. you. But one oh, thing was so nice is I also, I rolled deep with the talkies to all okay. these. Mark liked the talkies. I, he had them. Were they your first time? Yeah, I'm like hoping I get enough hours to collab with them at some point. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> if we're going to use collab. them. They collapsed. Dude, I remember going to Six Flags and seeing like Takis billboards being like, what the fuck are Takis? Dude, Takis are life. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, this is us being Let's young. Go. We eat Takis and shit. Okay, have you heard the word chuggy? Aha, I can't believe you said that. I've never seen chuggy. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know what chuggy right, is. so... I was just hanging with my daughter because we had a whole family. I thing. like how he knows what it is, how and we don't know what the fuck. She, is. she like, broke this down, and it became the chuggy? joke of the, the whole week because my wife would constantly mispronounce it. Chuggy means just it's old. Yeah, it's, it's not. We're not down with that anymore. You used to describe uncool things that are either out of style or That's trying right. too hard to be in style. It is oh. believed to have been coined in 2013. This is a mom website, by the way, for <laughs> I moms to it. understand like, I'm trying to understand kids understand using children. I'm, I'm killing this game okay. right now. So yeah, these ones, we all understand drip, and we yeah, all understand yeah. hits different. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> hits different. different. It's so basic. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of a mother just okay, being like, I this do one not is, know what's going this on. This one's interesting to me. This one stands out. Main character. When someone uses the term main character, I read this one, so I felt bad for doing it, but I was also like, this is kind of interesting. I, I'm not, shows I've like, never heard it before, but I think it refers okay, I to- I literally never heard this before either. If I'm going to guess- Go, shoot in the dark. I, 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 I think it refers to um, describing somebody in your life or in your circle as mattering. Like that's- They're, they're your main character. They're the main character. It, That'd be my so, guess. So but, I like that, but but the way that it's set up makes me feel like it can't be that odd. No, it, it can't, can't be. be that. That's too on the nose. Like it's, it, you know what I mean? Like uh, so, main character. I guess I would say like, I don't think it's related to a person. I think it's like, oh, oh like, yeah, like that's the best. 
Like that car is the best. It's main character. Ah, so I like that. They describe it. As if like, it isn't that, I'm using it that way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just there's like, like a social media reference to it on like how you how you present yourself on social media as being like the main character of your life. Right. So there's like uh, this thing of like uh, post a montage of their life featuring themselves as the main character or like it. reenact popular scenes from movies or tv where like they're the so it's the opposite of, of false modesty or totally oh, or yeah. the or the other one is uh someone who is the subject of viral outrage on social media for example i check twitter to see who the main character is today yeah ew yeah, yeah it's, so really just weird, toxic, it's just it's just, it's just, just social media strange. toxicity at every level i just feel yeah. less than just hearing it okay uh, like what am i a support i think i'm a supporting role uh I think that's been the, I think what we've come to is that I <laughs> relate to the world in a supporting role way. And it has to do with my childhood shame. Okay, like, how about this one? Way? So I, I guess I got to go beat somebody up. Okay, boomer. Well, oh, come on. I, I mean, bro. <laughs> I, tried to sell a t- I tried to sell a game show called Okay, Boomer. Really? Yeah. Okay, Boomer is a condescending way to talk to somebody my age when they right. say something out of touch. Of course. I called my dad that. a boomer the other day. Yeah. Okay, what about understood the assignment? I love that one. That's a good one. That's like uh, when someone does something that you totally approve of, like, like in that moment, like what we're talking about, like they did, they reacted in a moment that was so perfect mm-hmm. that they understood the assignment. That's exactly like if I someone shows up to a to a to a costume party and they dress over the top and they're the best costume and they're like they own the moment all the way that's they understood the so assignment. I always think it's funny what slang makes it on like the pop culture and level because there's and always that because there's also bubbles of slang where it's like certain high schools will have slang For like sure. when we were kids we used to describe um uh like girls you thought were hot you said brood you'd be like oh she's brood I've never heard that but, but that, that is the thing. So you're talking about local, regional. And if they were in the grade younger, like if you were a senior and you were looking at like junior, that sophomore must be like Santa Monica. Because I grew up 30 minutes south of you and I'd never heard that. Literally, they'd call it baby bruds. That was like but a thing we said in high, it was like that's a, neighborhood centric. Totally. Like, when I was in college for a short time, you would describe somebody as right. Tell me about her. Oh, she's right. That, that makes like, sense. Uh, but that's that like, wasn't nice. slang. That was like in like this college. Like, I always that say, was just maybe even just these two fraternities. My dad still says Bush League. Like, Bush League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bush. That's Bush. I think it's hilarious for people. The slang is hilarious to me. Well, I'm well, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I of, haven't been. I haven't. I used to talk in so much slang, and I just haven't in like so long. I still do so much, and I don't realize it. I'll even do it in text and email, and well, then like realize later because I'm talking to a lot of. I work. So I work in music, yeah. and I work with a lot of like uh, non-Americans as well, like sure. Swede, Swedes, and everybody. And it's funny. I'll just write in an email like, if someone, so so unprofessional, someone will just be like, yeah, sounds good. This works for this, and I'll just be like, sick. And then sick. And I'll send it, and then later I'll be like, ah, oh, that's that. You're probably but like, what the fuck is he saying? Or dope? Or like Come works? On. Or rad? Or like anything that like classic nineties? That's not slang. Yeah, it is. No, you what? For sick? sure, sick is only recently. Dude, my industry is so. Well, you're climbing by the climbing. beach, bro. It's like, like rock climbing. I'm talking is like about. But like, you have your own jargon in the rock climbing. Oh, word. totally. But it's a very. And it's a whatever. very unprofessional. Like, a, but that's what I'm saying. But in my environment, it's not super professional in that way as much. But still, like, if you're from California, you know what sick is. But if you're even not from California, people are like, oh, I've never used the word yeah. sick or like, yeah. or, or whatever. Rad. Back in the day, <laughs> rad. Or like, I whatever. came out to California in 
like before you were born. And the first time I heard somebody say, dude, I thought it was a joke. Right, right. And they said that was rad. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Cartoon? Yeah. Are you in? Are you in? uh, What's what's like that surfer movie with the like with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, yeah. It was a Point Break. Point Break. Are you like joking? Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. But then now, now I'm in this situation because I'm, I. This is back to like your friend was talking about being 16. Like out of my eyes, I feel like I'm 25. Like I, I still do the same shit. I still, I play ball. I, I'm all the same stuff. Right. But I'm not. And so then I pick up phrases and people are saying it and they don't really flow out of my mouth the same way or are heard the same way because I'm like in the dad or even older uncle zone. Mm. So like, you know, and now I just do it with my daughter mostly as a joke. Like I'll say like when on fleek was a thing. Oh, I used yeah, to text her that all the time. So Today before I came here, I text her, um, uh, check out the fit. Yes. Right. And I know I'm never saying this out loud because I can't be that does boomer. She, does, does she say I you're embar- that no, does she say you're embarrassing? Yeah, and then I I responded to something today mm. saying that's so chuggy on her Insta. <laughs> like, Dad, stop! You're embarrassing. And she then corrected my spelling on it. So I you know, love now. That. I just live to embarrass. I mean, I'm them. at that point. I'm past it. I'm at the point where I can't I can't use slang seriously unless it's I don't even realize that it is slang. Like saying "rad," "sick," or "dude." Or at that point, that's just I grew up here. And well, that's, that's California too. Yeah. yeah. And now I I use a lot of the same stuff. Dope and sick. I use all the time. Yeah. Um, I'll be like on with my lawyers, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. Dude, stop, man. <laughs> For real, dude. I say unreal a lot. Oh, yeah. The ones like, that unreal. The ones like, that I, this is ridiculous. I what think of all the time about, and don't ever say is. I don't say um, ship. Like when you talk about like a, a relationship, couple, yeah, like uh, my ship, I'm going to ship them. I don't say that. I don't, that's do embarrassing. You, do I need to hip you to what this is? I don't that's know what embarrassing that is. for people. It's the phrase that people use. It's short for relationship, I guess. When you see a couple and you really think they should be together, that you're shipping them. Like oh, you're basically wow. I've never even heard that. upon them that they become a relationship. Oh, wow. The one I can't figure out the origin for is Stan. Like when you talk about a super fan, you know, I stand this one, I stand that mm. one. I don't understand what that's short for or where it came from, and I don't use it. Yeah, I don't get that either. Public. But shipping, that's just like play, playing Cupid. I've yeah, never right. heard that. Or emotionally wishing that people stay together. Huh. I've never heard that Listen. one either. Well, this was fun, man. I feel like, should we do this every week? Mark's yeah. just our guy that comes in. He's, like our, so our, he's our, he's our uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, special guest. That's just, yeah, uh, just he's our guru Friday that comes Takis, in. Takis and Ham's Takis, beer. Takis beer and toxic masculinity. Yeah, our new Takis podcast. And oh, I text Evan. I text Evan on the way here. I'm like, do we need cheap beer? We, what about Takis? Well, thank God we're short on the beer because me after two beers, toxic. It's, it gets mm-hmm. bad. Bad. I start getting all emotional. I start getting me like, man. We no. need to spend more time together. I just get louder and <laughs> a lot more man. Evan was telling me this. He's like, Evan, we were talking about how we are when we're drunk. Yeah. And he's like, I'll get really emotional <laughs> <laughs> with my friends. I was like, well, not like, not, I mean, I got to get ways to get really emotional, but I'll start getting real lovey. I'll start getting mm-hmm. like, dude, here's which, the, by we, the we way, don't hang out enough, man. Yeah. What, is it, what, who says it in vino veritas? Oh, with wine truth. That's me. The truth is, maybe the this is back to the systemic toxic masculinity that we believe, because we've been programmed to believe, that when we drink, we are allowed to say, I love you, man. Mm-hmm. That's true. We break when down the fact, walls. what we're really saying is, when I'm sober, I really do love you, man, and I want to tell you that, and I need this intimacy with you, yeah. and that's why we pat each other's asses, and we bro hug, and we do that, and the bromance thing is real, is because we're chasing the love we needed from our dad. 
right? And if we do it under alcohol, then nobody calls us. Mm-hmm. That's true. Names. Yeah, no one calls you. No one calls, well, no let's get drunk. You. Let's hug it out. I'm more like, this is fun. Let's do let's do more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're that <laughs> isn't guy. Isn't it fun? Isn't it isn't how you're feeling? You feel good right you now? Feel let's good. do you feel more stuff that makes that. us feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's never go to bed. Then you need a wife like mine who, when you're drunk like with your Peter son, Pan says, syndrome. this isn't a good look for you, honey. This is not a good <laughs> Let's look. Let's go home now. As she, like, you bring your sons down and just watch you, like, dancing to the Grateful Dead in your underwear. If Grayson hears this isn't a good look for you, he will double whatever he's doing. <laughs> I'll show you what's not a good <laughs> I'll look. I'll show you not good. I'll show you, I'll show you, you what a bad look is. I'll show you a bad I'll look. I'll get all you're insecure. Just, you know what your problem is. I'll get all insecure. <laughs> you know what your problem like, is. I'm not even drunk. Yeah, why don't you try it? What you, I'm not even drunk right now. What are you talking about? Everyone's fine. Everyone's drunk. I'm not drunk. I've just had 47 beers, but I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Like Miller, you don't get drunk on Miller Lights. You know that. I'm not drunk because I can hold it. Yeah. Yeah. I can hang, okay? I, I, I can sober up if I needed to. Just yeah. give me a cup of coffee right now. Two espresso. Me and my buddy always have this like saying, like if, if, it's, if it's Miller Lights, you're not drunk. Even if you've it's had a hundred of them. It's impossible. Like you're just like, well, I mean, I'm drinking Miller Lights. Like, it's just like, I mean, you've, well, you've had 37, Evan. Well, it's, it's like, impossible. Yeah, it's like Miller Lights. Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, like, you, you can can't get drunk be on beer. Yeah, you can only be buzzed. Yeah, <laughs> you can only be buzzed even though you're falling into a bush. I'm just buzzed. Yeah. But if you're drinking vodka, it's like, oh, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's my, that's like my mom and my dad's family straight up. They just lie. Oh no, you're not drunk if you're not drinking hard alcohol. Yeah, and it's like, hey, hey, it's dad. not, it's not. You're not drunk. Hey, you're dad, just drinking. You can't even look me. He in the was eyes. just drinking beer. Yeah, he's just drinking beer. Oh, well. so much to unpack there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. By the way, Gray, if you ever need to call me before you make a bad choice, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> if you want me to be like your phone lock on that, I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking about raging. No, no, and no, maybe because then what's gonna happen? Brawling. Then you'll get you'll get angry calls from Becca, yeah. being a bad influence on me. I'll just blame you. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having this me. This meant guys. a lot. It was awesome having you here. It was really fun. It's so easy and it was free too going. Easy. And, and I remember, so he, you know, he did the broads. He came over and we were talking, and I was immediately like, "Wow, this guy's like awesome to be around." And then we were talking for like twenty minutes about anything. We were talking about how I just started getting handy, and he was telling me all about the cool shit he does. And within like 10 minutes, we were like broing down then, and I was like, we got to get this guy on. Like, it's going to well, be easy it, as cake. Because we're, to be honest with you, I think you're the third guest or second guest we've ever had. Like, we're not guests. We don't do guests. We don't do guests. Yeah. Craig was, our, Craig was our first guest. And then we had like, PJ. we've had three total. Yeah. And it's like, we were always like really hesitant because we just have a dynamic and but we knew I knew I was like dude this well, guy's I, a hang. it was literally I Craig wish I had and then PJ yeah and then Game of Roses that's it and three. then Game yeah that's I it. wish I had whatever the hippest slang is to compliment you but I don't know what the slang word is and but, we had a broad sick but uh, you know this has been sick this has yo. been sick this, this has, has been, been sick dude this has been the, real it's been lit it's been lit it's and been I know <laughs> the broads are very you know stoked on it i uh, love you and i know that like honestly all this all this talk about masculinity and also about the show and everything, i just think it's really insightful and i think you bring a lot of not just surface level chat about the show and just, you know well, about what's l- funny but you actually bring a lot of depth and i think that's thank really you. cool i think but let me anything, just say something to you I guys think you're anything but chuggy bros that is so sick yeah <laughs> um, and just let me do just one last thing i love the broads because their conversation is real and it's raw and it matters. I love the bros because you're opening a possibility for guys who don't realize that they get to have this conversation, Mm. that it's not a compromise or only certain guys get to have it, that you're opening the door that we get to be more aware 
And we get to actually care about our relationship because that's also part of toxic masculinity is we're not supposed to care. Right. So I, I really want to commend both of you. And the reason I, I'm really thrilled to be part of this and I'm really honored that like this is easy and that and that you have me on. But I don't think it's a small thing to have a podcast like this where you really give permission for other dudes to go. All right. We can kind of put this shit aside for a minute. And there are other guys who. I respect who are working shit out. Mm. And so thanks for that. That's that's hopeful. Thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate you. Well, we love you, Broads. Good, happy Friday. Like yeah, it makes you feel really good. Um, <laughs> but we love you all. And happy Friday. And cop the merch if you haven't. Yeah. It's going to be coming down soon. Yeah, it's going to be coming down. It's good. It's a limited time and we will release when the end date is, but mm -hmm. it'll be very soon. So definitely cop it before it's gone. Get your hats, get your shirts, get your cowboy hats, get your handcuffs, get the whole There's thing. There's a couple other things Evan didn't mention, but thongs, you guys are, thongs, they're the, the, the pink cowboy hat is, is what you got to get. Yeah. The you pink cowboy hat's legit. <laughs> You're going to need that. Yeah. You're going to need that. You guys, you know right. what about that hat? Especially so sick look so, you, sick. so <laughs> sick and you're not you're not going to be one to caught you you're not going to want to be caught. seen at the racetrack without it exactly okay? nascar for life uh -huh. all right all my f1 fans oh don't dude my f1 son for life all, all the girls for life, out in baby. daytona my son that's his new Big passion. F1 fan? F1? Yeah. I'm a huge F1 fan. He just fan. Did he watch the Netflix show, the Formula One show? No, he just oh, turned me on to it, and it's I'm going to... You're going to love it. It's, it's a game changer. Becca's dad's like obsessed with it. It's yeah. so good. You're I should love get Becca's dad a pink cowboy hat. Oh, he's going to love that. I bet all he right, would. Chad Soon, we love you all, <laughs> and we will see you next week. <laughs>